Welcome back to Brain Body Movement, the podcast for those interested in everything nutrition, training, and mindset. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Brock. Today's episode was a Q&A where we answered four questions that got sent to us through social media. Question number one, you can only do five exercises for the rest of your life. What would they be? Question number two, when doing lateral raises, I feel a burn in my traps. What am I doing wrong? Question number three, how do you decide the weight when loading the bar? When I finish my last set, I feel like I could have done more. And question number four, what would a list of essential gym accessories include? That was in the back half of the show. And in the front half, we discussed whether you would rather be liked or respected, a strange societal norm, a link between coffee and weight loss, the benefits of exercise snacks, and of course, gave you a couple of random facts. All right, enjoy the show. Don't aim to have others like you, aim to have them respect you. Reason being because the odds are that if you're respected, you're probably going to be liked as well. Whereas you can very much be liked without being respected. Now, what can, how can that come about? So let's say you meet Joe Blow and you're like, oh, I really like him. He's funny. Um, he's good looking and he's really interesting. However, he drinks a lot. He doesn't treat people kindly. And I don't know, he's got a really bad. Uh, problem of tearing others down, tall poppy syndrome. Okay, so you like him for the fact that he's funny, he's interesting, and he's good looking, but you have no respect for him because of the way that he treats others and his his actions, and he has some poor health habits that don't align with yours. So mm-hmm. it's very, it's, but yet if you respect someone, it's quite easy to be able to like them because you're like, oh, I really respect the way that they hold themselves, present themselves, the values that they live their life by, and then it's very easy to or odds are it's easier to like that person. I mean, they could be as boring as a doorknob, but you can you can still like the person because you can have respect for the values and the way that they live their life. Mm. And it's also like the respect that you have for people is your perception of them as well. So it's like, it's not really even them. Like, you know how some people would say, oh, you're this, you're that. And you're like, I'm, definitely not those things but that's their perception of you from them so when it comes to like trying to be liked or trying to be respected obviously you're going to go for the respect a lot more because i think some people will just like oh i'll, I'll do this and then they will like me more or why doesn't this person like me and it's like you're chasing the wrong people if you're going for people that you know like in primary school i remember i, I don't know there was this one guy, I don't know why, I just wanted him to like me. And then it wasn't until like one of my other mates like arced up at him one time and then it kind of like switched. I was like, oh, actually, I don't need this person to like me at all. And then I I like had the hard line drawn and then it was just like, oh, okay. So I think obviously that's like a point of power too when it comes to, I mean, I was very young and stuff, but I think that goes to like the big, the big stage as well, as we call it, of I respect that person i respect their decisions and the way that they live their life um sometimes you might not agree with them as well it's like look, i might not agree with you but i respect your decision of certain things whatever it may be and that's all you need and i think respect is i think it can be hard to get with certain people as well because maybe they don't respect themselves and they're putting their shit onto you of like oh that's not how i would do it kind of thing and then that's like on them so really when it comes down to it, having having others just just like you, just 
I think you need to go, you need to strive for more of like respect as respect in a relationship, respect with your friends and family, respect just in, in general, like putting your weights away, <laughs> respect in the gym. It's like, just have a little bit of common courtesy, a little bit of respect and, you know, RSPCT, yeah, <laughs> as the song goes. And it, you'll live a better life for it as well. Instead of always trying to chase for people to like you, you, you do the work, do what you want to do and people will respect you for it instead of trying to live by someone else's rules. See, I think the, the big thing with like and respect, right? Respect has to be earned. It's not a, it's not a given right. Whereas like is something that, yeah, I could just like them. They said a set of funny joke. Like it's just, I like them or oh, I like yeah. the way, I like the way that they dress. It's something that's very bang and easy. Whereas respect must be mm-hmm. earned, which is why it, to me, it holds more value because definitely like, like anything, anything that, that must be earned, it holds more value, holds more weight, holds more uh, power to the person. Now there's self-respect, respect for others. And then there's, um, just respect for like belongings, possessions, things like that. There's many different facets to respect. And I think it, it starts with self, right? You've got to have that self-respect. If there's no self-respect for yourself, then how can you have any sort of respect for each other, uh, for, for another human? So start with yourself and it starts with simple things, right? So if you say you're going to do something, do it. Otherwise you, you lose, you lose that that confidence and respect in yourself is like, oh, I'm a person that doesn't follow through on what I say and you lose that respect on yourself. Whether you're cognitively aware of it or not, that is happening. So each time you say you're going to take an action and you don't follow through with it, bang, a little bit of self-respect goes. Bang, a little bit of self-respect goes. And as it, that just chips away, chips away, chips away. And that's where people come to the point of, oh, I've tried everything and I just can't make progress on this this facet or oh, I'm not even going to bother trying because they've, They've said they're going to so many times and they've jumped in head first rather than taking it slow and gradual and, and accumulating small wins and building respect in themselves for following through on their actions. They've gone head first. They've t- taken bitten off more than they can chew. And it's just at this perpetual cycle of losing respect for themselves to the point where they're now, oh, I'm not even going to bother. I'm not even going to bother trying because I know when I say I'm going to do something, I don't follow through on it. So mm. this that the building that self-respect first and that respecting yourself it's like the self-love argument as well right you can you can only love someone else if you if you love yourself first same with respect i, I feel like you can only respect someone else if you have that inc- inkling to respect yourself first as well yeah because how how would you know how to respect others if you don't know how to respect yeah exactly yourself? exactly <laughs> so you're like oh like i treat this person this way cuz it's just the way i treat myself so it's like totally normal for, for people to do. And when it does come to self-respect and you hear outside voices saying, like, say you, like you're not drinking at the moment, right? So say you're like people maybe like pressuring you or whatever and you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to have it. And then like later that night, you're like, oh, I could really go for a drink. Only you would know that you did it. And you could say to everyone, oh, yeah, you know, I, I didn't drink or whatever. And no one would ever know that you had it if you had a drink at night when no one else was around, but you would know. And then you would start to chip away at your self-respect. Mm-hmm. And then, and it's, and it's not like huge amount. It's just like a bit here. And then you start to let, you start to let it loose. And then it just starts to kind of creep in. Like it just starts to pull and fill up, you know, like a pool. 
swimming pool, you just start to fill up, just slowly. You're like, oh, there's fucking nothing here. And then by the end of the year, end of the end of the season that you're in, it's like nearly half full. You're like, fuck, what am I doing? Like, I'm about to drown. It's it's not good. So I think picking those moments and really looking deep into yourself and going, okay, I could do this, but I'm going to lose self-respect for myself. And this is going to bleed into other areas of my life that I won't see because I'm blinded about this. So I'm going to pick the high road. It's going to be hard now, hard decisions now, easy life. You can go the easy decision or have a hard life later. Like That's just the way it is. So fucking self-respect yourself for one, respect others. And I think we could live in a, in a better kind of life around each other. And also just remember that some people aren't always in the best moods depending on how their day is going and stress everyone get it. So just have a bit of empathy as well for people of like, just because they were bad to you doesn't mean that you can be bad to other people because they might be just having a bad day. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to, you've got to just show up for yourself in the way that you want to show up for yourself. So I shared something the other day and it was be the reason why people believe in beautiful souls, kind hearts and pure energy. And, and that's just you keep turning up and being your, the, the person that you want to be the way that you want to live your life in front of others. So, I, yeah, I, I really like that. It's a nice little quote. It was my screensaver on my phone for a while. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start to share these sort of things because they, if they resonate with me, then they're going to resonate with other people. So why not share it and put it out more? Now, what's funny is you brought up me going through sober October at the moment, and then you used a pool analogy. So on Saturday, I went to a pool party. How <laughs> oh, good! This wasn't planned. This wasn't planned. <laughs> um, oh, and I, I caught up with a, a close mate, Julian, who you know, Julian. You met at Mitch's wedding. Yep, I do. Shout um, out, Julian. And what was interesting was I knew Julian and I knew Jenna at this party. I knew two people out of maybe twenty, twenty-five. So I didn't know that many people. And everyone was like, "Oh, what are you drinking?" And I'd be like, "Oh, water." And I'd be like, "Oh, you're not drinking at the moment." I'm like, no, I'm doing sober October. I'm trying to raise money for Beyond Blue and raise a bit of. Um, awareness around the importance of your mental health and i was in a it, it was a nice group of people because no one like sort of peer pressured it in fact a few people said if you stick this through then i will happily donate to beyond blue you just message me at, at october 30th and i'll flick through some money now what was really cool is something that julian said and i know he's not a listener but i feel like i need to say this anyway two people said if you stick this through then i'll donate money and Julian both times said, you might as well do it now because when Brock says he's going to do something, he always does it. I absolutely love that because I'm a man that follows through on my word and that's that self-respect for myself. It's If I say something, I better bloody do it because otherwise it just chips away and strips layers off you, strips layers off you, strips layers off you, like you said. So mm. that that really hit home to me. But it was the fact that in that scenario, no one actually peer pressured me. But I've been in many scenarios before where I'm like, I'm not drinking. And people have been like, come on, just have one drink. Or oh, a couple won't hurt. Or let's say you you go out for a meal and it's like you go to an Italian restaurant and you, you order a salad because you're on this health journey and you're like, I'm really conscious about what I'm eating at the moment. I don't want to have this food that may trigger me into then going and pounding gelato into the core of the earth. So you avoid the pizza and you opt for a salad at an Italian restaurant. And people are like, oh, come on, don't be boring. Have the Italian salad. Now, if the shoe was on the other foot, and this is a massive gripe I have with society nowadays, if someone is heavily, heavily overweight and they're opting for the pizza, it is not acceptable for you to be like, 
hmm, maybe you should have a salad. That would probably be better off for your health because you're you're at risk of several diseases and illnesses right now because you're carrying too much weight and body fat. That really, really blows my mind in society nowadays how one, making a health-conscious decision and, and looking after your health, prioritizing you, your, your well-being is not socially acceptable. But then the opposite where you're clearly visually unhealthy, you're making poor food choices, you're drinking heavily, which alcohol is a known poison to the body, and that doesn't get criticized or picked up on at all. And in fact, it's politically incorrect to do so. That really, really blows my mind of, of where we are as a society nowadays. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, man, bombshell here, bro. Yeah, okay, let's let's go with the first one of, yeah, when you're trying to better yourself and you opt for the salad and people are like, oh, I just fucking live a little and stuff. And you're just like, I am living. I want to better myself. That is it's quite annoying. And again, it's insecurities on Brothers, them. Yeah. Putting on you because they don't want to feel bad about their food choices. It's the same with drinking. So, like, oh, I'm drinking. Why don't you have fun? Oh, you're you're not a you're not a partier like me. You're, you're no fun. Like they just want people around them to to feel included in the the tribe. I guess we could call it. Food food is a big one for that. On the other end, I think yes, it politically incorrect to food shame people like that that are, I guess, overweight and having unhealthy choices. There's obviously a lot of pain behind it. and But the thing is, you don't know what has been happening behind the scenes. So say they've gone out for dinner and say they're like, I don't know, say 200 kilos and they were 250, right? And they've lost all this weight and now they're going out for a celebratory lunch date or dinner date Forget with their family or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, sweet, I've just got, I've just hit 200 or just under 200. I'm going to enjoy this pizza and that. People don't know that. People have no idea what that, and it's the same when I go out as well. And I eat like, I, when I go out, I like to eat some good shit. And people are like, oh, I thought you were like healthy and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, have you seen all the other 20 meals I've been eating this last week? Like, you don't know. So there's no, there's no, you don't need to comment. Like, that's you're always where gonna I was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to comment. Like, sometimes it's okay not to have opinion. Like, <laughs> just fucking don't say it. And if you do, like, maybe just ask me, like, oh, why are you having that instead of, oh, why are you... It's the way you say it as well. Mm-hmm. It's like you could say the same thing, but it could mean totally different things. It's like, why are you having that? It's like, so why are you having that? You know, it's totally different, different tonality. Um, just the way you say a word as well. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a big one, but like same with the analogy of people cutting you off in the, in the street, could be pregnant, could be going to their wife, whatever it is. Give people the benefit of the doubt. It is their decision. Um, all you can do is just leave breadcrumbs if you know them and just stick to your own thing because everyone's got their own shit. You don't know what has happened. Um, someone may have tired that day and they just want to go out. So both both ends, it's just like unacceptable just to even comment on someone the way that they're eating. It's like unless they ask you because we are coaches, we are PTs, we deal with this shit all the time. So people ask us a lot of questions and we just want to be fixers and stuff. But sometimes it's best just to, like over time, when people have conversations around food or nutrition like uh, and training and stuff, I keep my mouth shut unless someone asks me. And it's usually about five minutes in when everyone else has mm-hmm. spoken except for me. They're like, 
so Brad, what do you reckon? <laughs> and I'm just like either the decider or just like try and give a bit different perspective on the way that people are talking because you hear a lot of insecurities come out when they're talking, especially when alcohol is involved. So yeah, it's it is a big one, but that's what I would I would say about that. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go with this. So first of all, the society thing, I just find that baffling that one is socially acceptable and one isn't. Like that really, really blows my mind. And one is the more health conscious decision and one isn't. However, and I was going to clarify this at the end, but you did it for me. You shouldn't comment either way, regardless of someone's decision. It's their decision. Now, if they bring it up and ask you a question, or if they make comment on their food choices, or if they make comment on their physical appearance or something like that, then you can maybe pass a judgment or the way that I would lean is ask a question. Okay, so after you've said that, why did you make that food choice? Okay, so after this, why did you choose for a full fat Coke over a Diet Coke? Just rather than being direct to the point and making an exact comment on someone's choices of food, beverage, lifestyle, never know what someone's going through. So neither is acceptable, but it blows my mind that the socially acceptable one that that cuts through a, like a lot of people is the you're no fun, oh, live a little, eat a burger, will you? Like how is that one so common and it's just brushed off regularly? So... I think that's something that if I am um, making a more health conscious decision at an event or something like that, I think that's something that I'm going to look to address moving forward and be like, hey, that's not okay to, to judge that and actually call people out on that shit because if you don't call them out on the shit, they'll think it's okay and they can just continue to get away with it. So I think this is something that for myself, like I said, at this pool party on the weekend, no one scrutinized me whatsoever. It was like, oh, that's cool, man. I love that you're doing that. It's for a charity. It's raising mental health awareness. I, I love that and I respect that. I'm like, sweet, that's awesome. But there's situations that have been in the past where th that hasn't flown. And people have been like, oh, come on. One drink won't hurt. Oh, this won't hurt. That won't hurt. It's like, no, I'm, I'm doing this for a reason. I've made this choice for a reason. If you want to know why I've made this choice, you can ask a question around why I've made this choice. But otherwise, just let it be, let it go. And it's at the end of the day, ultimately, it's my decision. Anyway, enough about uh, drinking, society norms, et cetera, et cetera. There is something that I want to bring up. And I know many, many people on the podcast are coffee drinkers and coffee, not just coffee drinkers, coffee lovers, coffee fanatics. Even I would go as far as saying coffee addicts. It's it's the most socially acceptable drug there is in the world. And I regard caffeine as a drug. So this will support a lot of people and they'll love hearing this. Study finds unsweetened coffee is linked to weight loss. Now, I want to throw in a few caveats here. The study found a link between unsweetened coffee and weight loss. Just a link. They note that the increases in caffeine consumption were also linked to changes in weight loss. However, the addition of a teaspoon of sugar cancelled out the benefit. So what they're saying is essentially if you consume calories, then you're likely to lose the benefit of it. Now, the experts, the people that conducted the study, say that the reason coffee may aid weight loss is by triggering calorie burning through energy expenditure. Essentially, you've got more energy, so you're moving more. Or by suppressing your appetite, also known as eating less. So... Unsweetened coffee can help people lose weight because they're taking in significantly fewer calories and also um, moving more. 
Well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you're a coffee lover, maybe mm. uns- maybe unsweetens the way to go. Ditch the sugar. Yeah. Well, I just use some sweeteners. Yeah, yeah. I love the Yeah. It yeah, it's a good one. I love caffeine. I love coffee in the morning as well. And that's the thing. It's we're talking yeah, unsweetened, not like a five hundred calorie bomb that you get from Starbucks. Starbies. Well, well, we don't have Starbucks in Adelaide, so I can't say Starbucks. Oh, you don't? Are you kidding? No. Surely no, you we do. don't have it. Surely I don't unless someone Really <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, apparently um they just yeah, we got like this on the run coffee. But I think because there's a lot of cafes, I have no idea why. I should probably search that up. There's and a lot of cafes know, everywhere, uh, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well that's the thing. Maybe we were just like, no, nah, we don't we don't want bloody Starbucks here. Yeah, right. Who was that? Jim Jim Jeffries. So Jim Jeffries came to Adelaide and he did a bit. Um and he, he said he was like, you know how he tells stories and stuff, and I get that it's all like already done and dusted, but he's like, Oh, and then I went to Starbucks and then <laughs> some bloke just shouted out, There is no Starbucks here, you dickhead. <laughs> Interesting. So yeah, so his joke just got absolutely drilled. But... So I'm just I'm just quickly looking at it. There are currently no Starbucks outlets in Adelaide. It opened three outlets in 2007, Rundamore, Glenelg, and Noralunga. But they closed in July 2008 when the franchises shut down 75% of their locations in Australia. There's also no Starbucks in Perth either. And the reasoning for that is... Uh, Perth people prefer a European-style coffee um, and the local cafes have extremely loyal followers. So when Starbucks moved in, no one started going to Starbucks. There you go. You learn something new every day. <laughs> there you go, mate. That could be my fact for the day, eh? I had absolutely no idea on that. I would have yeah. thought I would have thought major city, it, it would have had a, a Starbucks in it. But there you go. Yeah, and in, it's the in, same with Seven Eleven. We don't have Seven Eleven either. What? Really? <laughs> I, I thought I told you this every time. Nah, 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 nah. Not at all. Not at no, all. No Seven Eleven. No Starbucks. We've got two balls in the middle of Runda Mall, and that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> now, oh. uh, another another study, or or this is an article supported by a study. Um, it we talk about regularly on here about how just little bouts of exercise can actually be quite beneficial to you. So like, let's say you, you have breakfast or while your coffee's being made, you you do five squats, five push-ups, five sit-ups. And that's a little small micro bout of exercise. And let's say after dinner, you go for a 10-minute walk. Now there's a new study that found people may be able to lower their risk of major cardiovascular disease through sporadic bursts of movement, just randomly throughout the day. Now, the participants wore wrist-worn wearables like watches, um, smartwatches and, and rings and whoop and stuff like that and tracked their daily activity patterns down to a 10-second time window. So the bouts had to be at least 10 seconds long for them to register. And they found that throughout the these small bouts of physical activity spread throughout the day could reduce the risk of a heart attack, stroke and premature death. So they said the, the impact could be just one minute up to three minutes and it was for people that don't typically exercise. And they saw just as many benefits from one minute to three minutes as comparing to five or even up to 10. So those small little bouts that we talk about, 
like I don't have time while you're doing something or something's being done, bang, just pump out a few or that post-it note idea that we talk about regularly where you just whack a post-it note on your toilet door of like 10 squats. And each time you go to the toilet, you see that 10 squats is a little reminder. It's changing your environment, setting your environment up for success. And then bang, 10 squats on the door. Away you go, 10 squats, small little bout of exercise and yeah, reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease, stroke and a heart attack. So yeah, we'll just uh, keep drilling that nail into the coffin, right? Of small little That's bouts it. of exercise. Something is always better than nothing. And I think yep. more people need to understand that something is always better than nothing. Yep. It's, um, it, it's, you need them as, as well. Like with those post-it notes, <laughs> mate, I'm, no way I'm going to be able to do that in my house with my business <laughs> decor, bro. So for people out there that like the decor, you, you're going to have to find something else to to remind you. And those ex- small exercise bouts as well. In the research, I'm pretty sure they call them um, exercise snacks. Exercise snacks. Snacks, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I was like, what the hell? That's so cool. I love I love that word. So yeah, just have an exercise snack during during the day. Um, and you'll you'll feel like you have more energy and then lower your risk of all those diseases that you got going there. I love it. So uh, I'm just reading further into the study. They're saying the the more vigorous the activity a, a person achieves, the greater the benefit. So one of the finders of the study said huffing and puffing for at least 15% of the activity is is shown to have a greater benefit than if you're not huffing, huffing and puffing at all. So there is a intensity benefit that, maximizes your reward from time invested into training so the average age of the people in the in the study was that they were more older age as well so between 50 and 60 was the average age right but three daily bouts of one to two minute bursts of activity were linked to a 38 to 40 percent reduction in all-cause mortality um yeah so just if you think you don't have time just allow yourself i don't know when you wake up of a morning bang do hold a plank for a minute i mean that's going to have some benefit. Something is always better than nothing. That that point really needs to be drilled home. Yeah. And if you've got time to sit on the couch and watch Netflix, you've got yeah, a exactly. bit of time. Check your screen time yeah. before you say you've got no time. That'd be that'd be what I'd lean towards. Hey. <laughs> yeah. um, so the post-it notes, she'd rip them down. Hey. No, she, she wouldn't allow me. She wouldn't allow me to even have it <laughs> there, mate. Like, we've, we've, she heard me. I'm, I'm talking about... <laughs> <laughs> Talking about putting poster notes up in the house, you wouldn't let me. Not at all. Yeah, you're on record. <laughs> Say hi to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, she would she, she wouldn't allow me at all. But we've been putting up shelves and clocks and paintings and everything in the house, so it's it's coming together nicely. Um, so it's good. Well, I come down this weekend and I'm looking forward to coming down. Mm. One, spending time with you and Elma and two, being able to see your place. Haven't seen it yet. I've seen obviously mm. video, but I haven't seen it. So yeah. Looking forward to that. We can report back next week and Yeah, we can. As yeah. long as we're hoping the skirting gets done because like I said, the floor had to get ripped up yeah. and because it flooded and then we had to rip it up again and replace it because the guy did a shit job. Oh, bit so, of a nightmare. Yeah, a little bit. So we're just hoping the guy, the carpenter's sick at the moment. So we're just hoping to try and get it done. If not, then I will. Should be right. Yeah, it is what it is. I'm sure the house is beautiful anyway. Yeah, All right. Definitely. I um, I know you gave me a, a no, no Starbucks in Adelaide fact. 
<laughs> but have you got another one for me before you get second? I do. Second I, do. Yes, I do have another. Yes. Yes. Okay. So on a on a um on a clear night, the human eye can see a candle burning from up to thirty miles away, or forty eight kilometers. So forty eight k's. That is that is mind boggling. <laughs> forty eight kilometers. How big is this candle? Uh, well, it would just well, isn't it like? when they would do those fires like back in the day to warn people that they're coming. Yeah. That yeah. would be quite far away as well. So you could see a quite a faint, faint thing. As long as it's a clear it's night. It's got to be a clear night. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so good. Okay. This one, um, because you mentioned eye and eyesight, I'm going to lean in with this one. So dragonflies can see in all directions at all times. It's like a 360 view. Yeah, they got a 360 view of the world at all times. How would you know where they are then? <laughs> like, I guess that's going from my two eyes. Wow, that's so cool. So yeah. you can't like imagine having them, really. imagine having 360 view. That's that, that that's the be... that's the purpose of it, right? So when when they're being hunted, they they can see a predator coming from all angles at all times. Wow, that's pretty cool. How I, long I don't... does a dragon flies last for? How long Not do they live? Long. Yeah. Because don't like other flies, like up to a day or two, depending on the fly. So I don't think our human um, human brain can manage that 360 degree view, right? Like it'd be too much for our brain. Because at, at all times, like we can focus on something that's what the size of a 50 cent piece, yeah? But oh, yeah, we're, con- yeah. Yeah, we're constantly scanning for danger, alerts, movement in bushes, movements in trees, a little sway of your curtain. Like we're constantly assessing for danger and risk and... Imagine if that was doubled, the mm. brain, the brain power and capacity and energy and fuel that would require to be scanning for double the amount. Like, yeah. yeah so, brain's what twenty five percent. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. So, the average age of a dragonfly is seven to fifty six days. Not much. One uh, to what? And eight weeks or something. Yeah, the av- the average lifespan of an adult dragonfly is five weeks, so thirty five days. There you go. Another fact for you. Okay. Bring it now, in. Now, now, now let's get stuck into some questions. Let's do it. Hey, just before we get to the questions, if you've taken any value from this episode or previous episodes and you haven't already rated and reviewed our podcast, we would truly appreciate it if you could on whatever platform you listen on. Cheers again. Love, Brain Body Movement. Question number one. You can only do five exercises for the rest of your life. What would they be? All right. This is a cool question. I like this question. So, if I was to do five exercises for the rest of my life, I'll name them and then I'll explain at the end why I chose them. So it would be the deadlift, the overhead press, the pull-up, squat, and a farmer carry. So the deadlift, because I want to be able to pick things up with good form. Overhead press, because I want to be able to put things up above my head and place stuff on shelves and planes and stuff like that. I pull up because I want to be able to pull myself up in case I fall off a cliff. A squat because, you know, I need to go to the toilet. Mm-hmm. And a farmer carry because good good grip strength has been linked to um, good health, the stronger your grip strength is. So those would round out my five. Um, and you can definitely do some good weight with lifting it so you won't be too bored. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm. So mine are, mine are a little bit different. So mm-hmm. I've gone for... Bulgarian split squat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've gone for an RDL, 
mm-hmm. over a conventional deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone for a pull-up. And then I've gone for an incline dumbbell chest press. Now, the reason I've gone that over overhead press is I feel like I'm getting the full extension overhead with a pull-up. So I'm still using that range of motion. So I'm, I'm hopeful of not losing that ability to press up overhead. Now, the fifth one's got me a bit stumped. I didn't know where exactly I was going to go. So my first thought was maybe like a suitcase carry. Mm. But then I was thinking maybe more along the lines of like a wood chop or something rotational. And then I was thinking, you know what? Maybe I could just throw in some calves. <laughs> so the, the yeah. fifth one, the fifth one's just going to be a bit of accessory for me. But the, they're those four are the main four are Bulgarian. So I want to work each leg individually to try and prevent some form of muscle imbalance. And I feel like it's it's going to be better for my mobility long term over compared to a, a regular barbell squat. And I feel like I'd have more longevity with a Bulgarian. Romanian, I want to I want to hinge more and have a straighter leg than just say picking stuff off the floor. Now, I'm not saying I couldn't do like a deficit Romanian deadlift, so I'm still getting things up off the floor just with a, a straighter back. Uh, pull up, I mean, it's a fantastic exercise, a great back developer. And then incline dumbbell chest press, I want dumbbells over a barbell or anything like that so I can sort of get a unilateral feel. And I'm going to get a bit of the front of the shoulder, a bit of the pec, a bit of triceps involved. And then, yeah, that fifth one, it's really got me stumped on what I'd pick. I'm I'm going to say a cable, a cable wood chop just for that rotational strength and to keep that solid trunk and, and base to build from. Fantastic question. Mm. Uh, I, I really I really like it. Just yeah, gets you thinking right. about what is the most important exercises for you. So this could be something for people listening of like, okay, if I could only do five exercises, what would they be? And you could be like me and you could be like, okay, I'm going to pick four that are really foundational and they pretty much never leave my training. And then the fifth one, just be like, okay, I may not like some of them. Like, let's say, for example, someone picks walking lunges because they're like, I really want the, the, the unilateral work and I want to not lose that ability to get myself back up off the floor. So I want to do walking lunges. And they hate walking lunges. Well, then make your fifth exercise something you really enjoy. A bicep curl. I mean, I really want big arms. Dude. Okay, do a bicep curl. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, but it's a great question to ask yourself because then you can design your training program around the crust of these five exercises. Like, okay, what's most important to me? And then you've got a list of like literal priorities written out in front of you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's a great question. It's a thought-provoking question that people should potentially ask themselves as well. Yeah, exactly. It's like, are you doing exercises that you enjoy in your program to keep you going long-term? Because like we said, it's an infinite game, health and fitness. Yeah, there is no end date. <laughs> Question number two, when doing lateral raises, I feel a burn in my traps. What am I doing wrong? Well, you're using your traps and not your side down as much. That's what's going on. But no, you you might be going too heavy. You might be going a bit too high as well. Um, you're not also bringing down your traps and, and relaxing them a bit. You're, you're just, there's multiple reasons. Unless I'm seeing what you're actually doing, it could be like lifting the weight up, you know, you've seen all those bodybuilders just absolutely like going ham with the lateral raises and that. So just lower the light, lower the weight, get that, depress those um, shoulder blades down. So then you're just, you're, you're taking out the traps completely and then just really lifting up um, and using that side delt. I prefer doing cables um, just because of the strength curve. Um, so you're feeling it all the way up. Whereas with the dumbbell, sometimes you get that you can get that momentum going a bit too much. Doesn't really matter, but like you, you if you're using it too much, then you've just really got to be mindful of like where your um your uh 
shoulders are in relation to the the dumbbell if it is a it is a dumbbell um but i would probably drop the weight because that's probably what's going on is you're you're trying to lift up that weight um and you're using those traps because it's quite easy to do because you don't need to lift quite heavy with um side delts um raises it's like buckle like it's it's surprising just because how far the weight goes away from your body just with the the moment arm it starts to increase a lot further the further you go out the more weight it is in that um length of position out there so there could be a multitude of factors going on here you could be lifting too heavy and you could be shrugging the weight up you could also be going too directly to the side and because you're going too directly to the side it forces your trap to come up because you you're sort of jammed up so you want your arm path to be slightly in front of you if you google correct arm path for a, a lateral raise it's actually slightly in front of your torso, not directly to the side. So that could be a reason that's causing your, your trap to get involved and you, you shrug up. The third reason could could be you're just lacking the ability to depress your shoulder blades and, and you're not exactly sure what to do. So you're tense and because you're over fixated and you're really thinking about the exercise, you tense, you tense your shoulders up and then your traps are just heavily activated and then that's why you can't get a nice feel in your, your lateral delt. So there's several things going on and an easy tip for that, that i would give and you already gave it lighten the load a little bit that's where i'd start and then think of your elbow not your hand so where i feel a lot of people go wrong is they sort of lift with their hand they try and get their hand nice and high so with any upper body exercise i'm essentially thinking of what my elbow is doing so i'm thinking of taking my elbow away from my torso until my arm is at a 45 degree angle and then i'm thinking of lifting my elbow up towards the roof now, by thinking of taking away, I'm not lifting my trap up. Whereas if I think up straight away, my trap's likely to come up. So that's the first cue that I think of. The second one is just use a bench. So lean yourself forward onto a bench and then your traps pretty much get taken out of the movement because you're leaning forward and then your arm path will just follow the angle that your hands lay on. That'd be the that'd be the way that I'd go about it. But from what you've said, <laughs> your, your traps are burning up doing lateral raises probably too heavy ego lifting and probably too lateral too too much to the side so just work on a correct arm path for your lateral raises yeah i prefer the the y raise as well so yeah, if you, yeah anyways so yeah get get on that bench and just bring them in a bit more and you really feel that mid delt work more than your traps so for me as well so you want to train a muscle through different muscle lengths, different angles, et cetera, to, to maximize the, the benefit by hitting as many muscle fibers as possible. So um, I suppose you could call it a superset that I really like doing is on the cables. And the first one is just standing facing the cables and then you've got your hands and you cross them over and you finish above your head. Now your middle delt is fully shortened here. It's pretty bloody hard to get your upper trap involved. So that'd be that'd be something you could do is is standing facing. You got your cables at the bottom of the attachment. Now you cross your cables over. So the one that the cable attachments on your left hand side is in your right hand, and then opposite for the other side. And you bring the weight fully up overhead, like you've just completed a military press, dumbbell shoulder press. So your hands are stacked above your shoulder, and that really shortens your middle delt. And then you can spin around, switch the cables over, and then come forward. And you're training it through different links, different tension points, and completely annihilating the shoulder you're essentially just tearing the shoulder off the bone that's what we want but, to do. <laughs> yeah but it, it, it feels fantastic and there's something about a shoulder pump right that it's just like you feel broad you feel wide you feel 
yeah, something something aesthetic about a nice pair of delts. That's it. <laughs> okay, question number three. How do you decide the weight when loading the bar? When I finish my last set, I feel like I could have done more. It's all trial and error. So you got to do your warm-ups and your warm-ups will teach you how you're feeling throughout the day. Like if you're, say you're doing, let's say a squat and you put on some tens and you go like three or four reps, you're like, okay, that was nice and easy. And then you go up to 80 or whatever and you're really struggling and your target is like 10. You're like, you got to drop that weight. So what you do is you need to be tracking all your weights and reps. You're not going to get it the like the first time as soon as you go in. Like it's just inevitable because it's a new the new exercise that you're doing. You're not used to it. So it's going to be a lot lower than where you need to target. So you're just going to go, all right, let's go three sets of 10. I'm going to pick a weight roughly around from where you think you might do. So you just do like four or five reps first. For like two or three sets and they are all right, I'm going to pick this weight from that so it's like say it's 60 kilos you got it so easy all right I'm going to go 80 now so you go 80 and then you hit like easy 10 you're like all right I'm going to just stick with this for now and then go the next one easy 10 again then you could probably up the weight because if you start to go 10 8 6 you know the weight is just that little bit too much because you're starting to lower the reps whereas if you're like oh I'm pissing this in you could easily go up Whereas if you're like, I'm just going to keep going until I find out where my max is as well. So you could go to like 16, 17 reps. You're like, okay, this is way too light for me. And it's just a lot of trial and error. And you, you just got to be patient with yourself and not go up too fast as well. So from week to week, you could see, okay, last week I did say 60 kilos. Um, all three sets were 10 reps. So I'm going to start with 60 kilos. Um, just as my warm up, and then I'm going to go to say 70, and I still hit 10. You could probably go up from there, but if you hit eight, you know that you've gone up too much. So you're using that gauge. So sometimes it's, if it's like an eight to 12 rep range, if you can go three sets at 12, you know you could easily up the weight. Whereas if you go 12, 10, eight, you've still got room to improve because you haven't hit all the top number of that rep target. And that's your gauge. You don't need to you don't need to rush into it. You're like, oh, I just want to get to those twelves all the time. Like just take your time. Like we said, it's a infinite game and there's plenty of room. You don't want to injure yourself because that'll set you back the most. So try not to ego lift and go, all right, this week I'm just gonna try and hit say sixty-five kilos, because last week I, I got sixties for tens, three sets of ten. This week I'm gonna go sixty-five, three sets of of ten as well. And keep going up because inevitably you will start to lower the uh, reps as the weight goes up. And that's just you getting to your close to where your peak is. And that's when you got to go, all right, 10, 10, 10 and wait until you um, hit that eight. And that's when you got to like stay at that weight. But again, it, it's a lot of trial, trial, trial and error, um, but you just got to go off of the feeling because you're not going to feel the same throughout each days as well. That's why you got to track. I wholeheartedly agree. It's really, really is trial and error. So you've got to be doing the work and realize and dip into how you feel, etc. But this is why I really, really like rep ranges. So like like you an eight to twelve rep range, if you're comfortably getting four, three sets of twelve of seventy kilos, 
then next week you come in, you go to 75 or you go to 80 and you drop your rep, your rep range back to that eight. And then if you hit eights for that, then next week try maybe 889, 899, 999. And you progress back up until you can comfortably get your 12 and then lift your weight again, drop your reps back and build back up that way. Then that's why I don't think I've ever just programmed a straight, okay, do 10 reps. It's always been rep ranges and it's for that reason. So, and it's, it's a hard one to coach. Men are typically better at this than women because they're always wanting to ego lift and lift heavier weight and like, oh, I'm show off in front of the boys. Whereas women are like, I just want to feel a burn. So they're like, they'll stick with that higher rep range and a lighter weight and just be like, yeah, I just want to smash out the higher rep range and, and feel the burn, get it, get, and get that pump. And But men are, men are typically better at this, but it's the ego taking over. It's not actually, it's of, of benefit to them. So yeah, that that's why I like rep ranges. If you're comfortably getting the higher end of the rep range with a certain number across all of your sets, then that's an indicator of like, okay, let's go up in weight. And when you go up in weight, drop your reps back. And then with that new weight, build it up until you're comfortably getting that top end of that rep range again. Yeah, definitely. Unless you're advanced as well and you go, okay, I really need to hit the 10s and then you check your RPE, which is just your rate of perceived exertion. But that's advanced stuff. So stick with the rep ranges. <laughs> okay, final question. Question number four. What would a list of essential gym accessories include? For me... <laughs> It would be a water bottle, a towel, uh, some sort of stopwatch. So I've got my my watch um, and something to track my weights and reps. So I've got my phone with my app in there. And that is the bare minimum that I would need. You could get fancy with fancy shoes and straps and chalk and all this kind of stuff. But I think just starting out, if you have those essentials, something to time your rest periods, something to actually follow a program and, and write down the shit that you're doing. A towel for gym etiquette so you're not sweating everywhere and water to keep you hydrated. I think those are the, the base three that you need before going into the gym. Rinse and repeat, I'm exactly the same. So my mine were going to be water, towel, um, a way to track rest periods, which is just a, a phone for me and all my data is in my, app, my phone as well in, in my app. So yeah, it, it's three things for me and that's, water, towel, phone, but phone is for the purpose of tracking time, logging weights, etc. Now, to reframe the question, what would a list of beneficial gym accessories include? Okay, now it's a different question. Now we can get into some actual decent stuff here. So a pair of straps could be beneficial for deadlifting, remaining deadlifting. If you're doing really, really heavy rack pulls, that could be really beneficial. I really like the saying um, when doing an, an RDL, no, uh, if you're holding holding the bar free without straps, it's, oh, I have a really strong grip. No, you don't have a strong grip. You have weak hamstrings. Your hamstrings should be able to pull more than your grip. So straps can be really beneficial. A weight belt, that could be really beneficial if you're really looking to eke out the top of your strength performance. Something to brace into for a squat, a deadlift, that could be really beneficial. You could have maybe a pre-workout in a, a, a gym bag. You could have headphones could be included in there. Uh, you could have a sweat band if you happen to sweat a lot. I wear a hat when I train because I sweat a lot and it goes into my eyes. There's a whole list of things that could be beneficial to you, but essential is just water, towel, and something to track your lifts and rest period. That's it. That's it. Yep, exactly. I think, I think people I think people overcomplicate it with like lifting shoes and uh, gloves and 
yeah, gloves yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, don't have a complicated. Hey, the basics work for a reason. Like, just yeah. stick to the basics and do them really well for a consistently long period of time, and you'll achieve your your results or the goal that you want to. It's just mastering those basics and and just doing them really, really well. Yeah, you see all those people when they first start something like gym or whatever it is, and they got all the gear and no idea. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 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 stringer, the weight belt, the gloves, the the over ear headphones. You classic gym bro. He's got the weightlifting shoes on, even though he's training upper body. <laughs> yeah, ah, we love him. Okay, so that's your questions answered and it's a wrap for today's episode. Now, if you want your questions answered in the future, make sure you are following us at brain.body.movement, at Brad Dapper and at Brock underscore Dalglish and you can ask us a question whenever we put up a sticker box or send us a DM. Now, we just want to say thank you so much for listening to us. If you enjoyed or took any value at all from this episode, we would really appreciate it if you took a screenshot and shared to your Instagram stories. We'd also love if you shared it with family and friends and left us a five-star review. And don't forget to turn on post notifications so you don't miss an episode in the future. But before we go, if we can leave you with a few things, make your damn bed, get your steps in, and be kind to one another. Cheers. We flew through that. Good. Got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs>